Hey everybody, welcome to Bite Me Podcast. We're talking episode 179 today. That's only 21 away from 200, which I think is a very, very large number and it makes me kind of excited. I am joined by Colby, who's chewing, so I'm just going to say hi for Colby. What up? God, that that chewing noise is terrible. And I'm also joined by Dylan, who booed. Woo! A giant orange fluffy cat. God, that cat's adorable. Love it. I did He's I been say on my, my lap name all day? I love it. I, did I? I think I, you did. I, maybe Cliff. I'm Cliff. Yes, like yesterday, I was gonna say a cat that looks almost identical to yours jumped over my fence, and my dog went crazy. You would think that there was an escaped convict in my backyard. Dylan just ate an entire Reese's peanut butter cup. I'm the only person here without candy, and I am pissed. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about uh, Super Mario Maker. (laughs) Uh, GameStop is still trying to be essential. The Doom Eternal soundtrack has some mixing problems, and Mick Gordon isn't happy about it. And I don't know, just based on his music, Mick Gordon doesn't seem like a guy you'd want to piss off. He seems like he could be real mean, right? Uh, the best part of Star Wars Episode One is coming to the PS4 and Switch. Uh, you might also want to set up two-factor authentication on your Switch if you haven't already, because they're apparently getting just hacked left and right. Uh, Gamescom has been canceled, but they still think that PAX West is going to happen. I am less sure of that. Um, Death Stranding PC release has been delayed, and it just does—it doesn't just feel like a lot of people are playing Animal Crossing. A lot of people are playing Animal Crossing. Plus, we got questions from Vinny, Princess Morgan, Morgan, Princess Megan, Princess Megan again. I can miss say her first name because I got the second one right, I think. Uh, Cliff Hunter, who scares me a little bit. I don't like that name, and it terrifies me. Uh, the Dons. Uh, our good friend Keith, Benjamin C., and Kim Cruz. A couple cheap free games. That's about it. You guys ready to go? Woo! Have you finished eating all of your candy that I did not get any of? No, you made me put it away. What That's have you the, learned? That is... How many, how many Reese's Peanut Butter Cups do you have, Dylan? Um... Two less than I did a second ago. (laughs) I think the new rule for this podcast is you're not allowed to eat on it unless you bring enough for everyone. I would normally do that, but that's an impossibility in the current situation. You could have driven by my house and left one. You can watch me eat Reese's from six feet away. Um, All right, let's jump in. Colby, what are you playing? You've played, man, Colby's had a week. I love this. We're going to do a podcast about this very, very, very soon. I beat. Legend of Zelda 1, Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link, and Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. I did that all in a five-day period, and one of those days I didn't, I had to work, so. That's a lot of old Zelda stuffed into five days, so, like, let's just take all of those games together Mm -hmm. and average them. What rating would you give that game? (sighs) Uh, like out of ten? Yeah, yeah. Probably a, a seven or an eight. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. How about individually? Um, the first Legend of Zelda is very good. Um, obviously old, but very yeah, I probably give that a seven. Okay. Uh, the Adventures of Link, which used to be one of my favorite Zeldas, was <laughs> more like a. Four? <laughs> maybe, that game is maybe. hard. That game is so hard. It has less to do with it being hard, in my opinion, than... Well, it, it is hard, 
but it feels rushed. It yeah. it feels very unpolished. Yeah. Which it which adds the difficulty. I think that game's got a lot of hitbox problems too. Yeah. It has yeah. hitbox problems. It has just like kind of gameplay problems. Yep. But I'll get into that at a later date. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do eight uh, bit bites on uh, the first three Zelda games, and then Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past actually holds up still incredibly yeah. well. Like I actually was kind of worried after Adventures of Link. I'm like, <laughs> oh, uh, it holds up very well. Um, and I mean that's easily like an eight or a nine. Yeah, that game's good. That game's just. I, I am shocked, absolutely shocked that they haven't remastered that. Like I am too. I, I I would love for them to just, I mean, because they've got the, I, I'm going to go with engine that they did Link's Awakening in. Yep. Just just do that. Yeah, just the same exact graphics, same exact mm-hmm. everything, just use that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't understand why they don't, but I mean, you had to hear me, I don't know, yell about Nintendo and Zelda for like 20 minutes today, so. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's good. Uh, tell me what else you're playing. Um, I am also playing uh, 88 Heroes, which I got on sale uh, like about two weeks ago. And uh, it's like a splatformer. Oh, I, I like splatformers. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it is a good game. Um, sure. so, so basically what it is, is that like an alien comes down and gives you 88 minutes to beat 88 levels and you have like not good superheroes. You have essentially the rest, which is like 88 superheroes that are vaguely useless. Sure. Um, like there's like ice. Meg on Family Guy. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> like one of them is ice ballerina or er, glass ballerina. <laughs> um, ASCII unicorn who is literally just a unicorn made of ASCII. ASCII. Um, I uh, what was it? Uh, Saxy Steve, who is just a guy who plays saxophone. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Kenny G is a superhero, mm-hmm. and so you've got to get through eighty-eight levels with these eighty-eight characters, and like. It doesn't get difficult because, like, you can get down to one character and then just continue playing. You just won't get a... Because it chooses them randomly. Um, But the problem is, is that that 88-minute timer. Like, I made it through about three-fourths of the game and just ran out of time. Um, (laughs) But, like, my last guy was also Sexy Steve, who (laughs) can attack, but not really. He can swing his sax, but it... It's actually kind of difficult to do, um, so it's a lot of dodging. I liked I liked uh, Laser Kitty better, who's just a kitten that shoots lasers out of its mouth. Um, it's it's a fun game, um, and I got it for like eight bucks. I want to say it's like normally twenty. I don't think it would be a yeah. twenty dollar game, but for eight bucks, it's, it's normally it's, fifteen. It looks really fun, but man, I don't think I can do... I mean, that makes it like the worst of roguelikes, where you just have to start over every time. Yeah, it's... it's Like I said, it, it, so I got, like a, I think, about three-fourths of the way through. And once I did that, I kind of restarted and made it 
I don't know, like, 12 levels in without losing a single person. Yeah. Whereas before, like, you know, because he didn't really know the mechanics of jumping yeah. and stuff. And it is kind of difficult because the mechanics change every time you die because oh, some people... character. <laughs> yeah, some people can fly. Um, like, there was one level that I, when I first started playing, that I was having an incredibly hard time beating... I went through, like, 15 characters on this one level, and then I just got one who could fly, who just, like, flew straight up and right out the exit. <laughs> and so, like, the mechanics change, essentially, every time, and sometimes you get, you know, a good character who you're like, oh, this is awesome, and then sometimes you get, like, a gerbil in a, you know, like, little glass ball, who, that's its superpower. It's I tell a- you... Like, this game is alternatingly an amazing thing that I immediately want to play and something that I would never spend money on all at the same time. If you can get it for, for like, on sale, like I said, like, eight bucks, I I think is a good price. Yeah. I At 15, I think I'd be like, mm, but maybe it, I'll, it's fun. Maybe I'll redeem some Xbox bucks and, and buy is it. Is it on Xbox? Yeah. Oh, yeah. is it? Because, uh, like, I got it on Switch, and I think on Switch it's a $30 game sometimes. Ouch. And if I paid $30 for it, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> so, um, and then another game that I spent a stupid amount on because I was stupid um, was Sword Art Online Hollow Realization. Um, and the reason I spent a ton of money on it is because I accidentally bought the wrong game. <laughs> I did not realize that Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet, which is the one that I beat, I don't know, two weeks ago, yeah, um, is also on Switch. I thought it was just the one Sword Art Online, and uh, not knowing the names, I saw that it was on sale and went, oh, awesome, it's on sale, and bought it, and then started playing it and got like to the title screen and went, Oh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and luckily, it was also on sale. And yeah. so I was able to pick it up for, I mean, they were both like 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, I would have rather spent $20 than 40 40 but, you know. Yeah, well, thank goodness Nintendo has a terrific return policy in which they allow absolutely zero returns. Yeah. So. It was, well, it was, I mean, like, it was partially my fault, but, like, the, so... The cover art for on the Switch is different than the cover art for the Xbox because the Switch has the complete edition. So uh, it looked like Mm. a completely different game. And I just didn't really really click. I just don't. To me, there is absolutely zero reason that a digital game couldn't be returned if you have less than five or ten minutes of playtime. Like, it is... There's no... I mean, I guess, so maybe you want to charge me for, like, you know, the bandwidth I use downloading it, you know? So take it back and charge me 5%. Yeah. Like, like well, and I mean, too, also the point where I've got a three-year-old who, let's see, this was Sunday, um, was just playing on a phone and bought um, three of the same stuffed animal as well as an $85 pair of shoes. Um, <laughs> off Amazon? Off, off of Amazon. <laughs> Possibly through one click? Possibly not. We're not sure. Um, Were you able to cancel those? (laughs) Well, luckily, she told us. She (laughs) told on herself and said, like, I bought the stuffed animal. And we're like, 
excuse me. Um, <laughs> I was able to cancel all but one of the stuffed animals. Um, I don't know why on the third one, because it was like through a weird third party seller. Ooh. I contacted them and said like, hey, can you cancel this? I don't know if they will. <laughs> um, the $85 pair of shoes were more the ones that we really wanted to cancel. Like, yeah. I can take the, you know, like... $20 hit for three stuffed animals, $85 worth of shoes that won't fit anyone. <laughs> Not really. They might fit your new bears. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so like, so my yeah. kid's playing with my Switch and buys, you know, like, it's on mine. I've got it where it's password protected. Yeah. But which is just mostly annoying for me. But if it's not, they can buy games real easy. Yeah. And I you think you can't return them. That's the problem I have with almost all, like, child restriction stuff is it's so obnoxious for me as an adult mm -hmm. user um, that I really wish they all just I – don't, I don't know how they would do it, but it would be so nice if, like, they could just go, like, you know – you enter a a couple button presses that are yeah. unique. Or on my phone, I don't understand why it just doesn't like use my face ID. Yeah. It on on the switch. So to get into the eShop, I have to put in my password. To buy a game, I have to put my password. If I then buy another game, I have to put in yeah. my password. It's like, guys, it's me. If I ax if I if I put in my password and then exit out and then come right back in, it's like, hey, what's your password? I'm like. Really? Hey, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but that's gonna get more obnoxious. Uh -huh, so, yeah. yay! But uh, Sword Art Online, I've put like four hours into it, which means that I'm just through the tutorial. <laughs> um, but it seems really good so far. Nice, Dylan. Do you want to talk about uh, games we've played before, and maybe we'll play again? Um. I don't think I have much to add as I'm playing the same things. But today I'm going to get my pet in Sea of Thieves. I will be getting a cat. I'm so. Which cat are you getting? Um, all of them. <laughs> yes. You're going to become a crazy cat the, pirate. Probably the fluffy orange one first. Oh, it's just Gus Gus and a cat. Yeah. It makes me great. real happy. I. Um, mm. I'm not a, like, I want to play a game to get collectibles. And I'm not even really a cat person, to be honest. Like, they're fine. I don't, I'm not, like, I don't hate cats. But, like, I don't, I don't have any urge to own a cat, I guess. But, man, the Sea of Thieves pet cats are so cute. I want one. Yeah. I just want a cat that, like, hangs out on my boat. Right, exactly. It's, it's going to be so great. Um, I'm very jealous for you. We did play some Sea of Thieves last, between last Tuesday and today, probably twice. It's pretty nice. fun. Very nice. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was some standout stuff. It's always a good time, so yeah. Um, but there's gonna be some new stuff in the new update that launched today that I did not get a chance to play yet because it was today. Today, I am. I need to set some time aside to hop in and play with you and Vinny because I yeah. really like playing that game with you guys. Yeah, so. one of his buddies played with us too, so we sailed a brig for the first time in nice a year. Um, probably because it's usually just the two of us. That's um, cool. It would be fun to get four people in there though to sail the full size ship again because I don't even remember what that's like. Like, um, yeah. we were playing last night though, and his Vinny's power went out, which was quite unfortunate. Oh, that's so a bummer. I got all the treasure. <laughs> well, so it was for. unfortunate for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, got, it took me a little bit longer to go 
get some other stuff by myself, and I waited to see if it would flick back on, and it did not. So oh, I cashed it in and got out of Dodge. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. Um, I am playing Final Fantasy Fifteen still. Um, I'm actually going to spoil some stuff in this. So I guess if you have not played Final Fantasy Fifteen yet, um, and don't want to hear spoilers about it, I don't know. Skip ahead an undetermined amount of time, maybe five minutes. I we'll see. Should I just exit out of the squadcast? You don't care about it. <laughs> um, so a huge part of this game is, I mean, Colby even knows because he played the first like chapter two is like predicated on the fact that you are a prince who has been like, I'm going to say betrothed to a princess or she's not even a princess. She's the, the Oracle for another kingdom. And the idea is, is that you guys are going to get married and like solve political problems that have happened between your two countries and everything kind of goes sideways. But the whole game is based on you knowing this girl. You've known her since you were very young, but you haven't seen her in like 12 or 13 years. So as a player of this game, it's really weird to see how attached your character is to this this girl you're going to be married to. She's not part of the game, really. Like, you get messages from her that a weird dog delivers to you. And, like, you kind of talk about her a lot. But you're, the character you're playing, Noctis, is very attached to this character. But you, as the person controlling Noctis, is like, I've never even seen her. I don't even know what she looks like. She's just, like... I see this blonde chick in a couple of cutscenes, and I'm like, whatever, I guess. And so at the end of chapter 10, she gets killed. Um, and I was like, your character is devastated, like absolutely devastated. And I'm like, how did she get killed? <laughs> because so part of this game is you need to get like the blessing of the gods. Um, and I had to do means- that for my marriage. Yeah, right. Um, well, it's it's not part of it's part of like becoming the king is you have to get the blessing of the gods, and so the way that works is they're actually like boss characters. So in order to get their blessing, you have to prove that you're tough enough to defeat them. So I was fighting the Leviathan, who's this giant baddie, and while I was doing that, like a bad guy kind of like crept up and stabbed her. <laughs> so, so, like, not even like a good death. Like, no, a- it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was really like, this is lame. And But that was exactly, I think it was supposed to be one of these big, like, I mean, it was supposed to be like when Eris, Eris died. And like people, I mean, maybe people are just super bummed that this chick dies. But I'm like, I've barely seen her. She's, I'm 30 hours into this game and she's had 10 minutes of screen time. Like, I feel bad, I guess. I feel bad when anyone dies. But nah. I beat the <laughs> first two chapters. I don't even know if she had a name. I, I, frankly, I couldn't tell you what her name is. I'm sure she does, but I don't know what it is. And that's how little I cared. And it was, it's such a weird, like, it's so weird for me as a player because on one hand, like I should really care about this. And on the other hand, I really don't. So it's, and you're the dude with the glasses that likes to cook. He gets blinded during the same attack. So he can't see now. And so he's like wandering around with like a white cane trying to fight. And it's, the game just got super weird. Like the further weirder. I get into this game, yeah, the weirder it gets. So that's Final Fantasy 15. Um 
I actually, and I purchased, I apparently had a $10 credit on the Epic Store that was going to expire. I don't know why I got it or where it came from, but hey, cool. And uh, so I picked up Bloodroots for 10 bucks, which is a game that Dylan and I played for the first time at PAX in 2018. It's like a, you're a, I don't know, like a woodsman? Like a, you're like a bandit that was left for dead by yeah. your gang. yeah. But you wear like a wolf head and everyone in your gang also wears a wolf head or like some sort of animal head. It's very strange. But you then go through these levels and it's it's a game about like movement and weapon selection where you have to you can die with any single hit and any bad guy you play against can die with a single hit. But there's also like a million different potential weapons in every level from like fence posts to oars to swords to carrots to cabbages to bales of hay to wagon wheels and the entire game is kind of based on Every level, like, your goal is just to kill everyone in that level and then proceed to the next part. And the game's a lot about figuring out the right path through every level to to make it so that's possible. A lot of the weapons either can only be used once or can only be used three times. And so if you're in an area that has four bad guys, like, you've got to kill three of them and then grab another weapon before the fourth guy kills you. And so it's, it's about movement and momentum and planning and dying a lot because you just will get killed over and over and over again until you figure out the right way through the level. Um, and it's kind of bloody and kind of interesting. And there's a lot of kind of glory kills when you kill the last guy that are kind of fun. And it's just, I maybe, I've played for an hour and I, so I think I'm like four or five levels in and it's just fun. It's, uh, it's probably, if you're a streamer, it's probably a really good game to stream because it's got that kind of like, I did this and then I did it wrong, so I'll just play it again. And the load times are instant. Like, as soon as you die, the game just reloads. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm actually going to try streaming it maybe early this week sometime. So I guess watch out for that maybe. But I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's normally $20. Um, it's available on the PC and the Switch. And... At least for the first hour, it's been really worth that. So check out Bloodroots. It's one that I've been waiting for for a long time. You you bought it too. You've played it, Dylan, right? Yeah. Anything else? I need to play it some more. Yeah. I mean, you have anything to say about it besides what I said? No, if you like Hotline Miami or um, what's the other one like that? Mr. Shifty. Uh, yeah, Mr. Shifty. You'll, you'll like You'll like it. Um, yeah, and I haven't played either of those, which makes me think that maybe if I like Bloodroots, I would like Mr. Shifty and, and the, what was the other for one? For sure. Hotline yeah. Miami. Hotline, Hotline Miami. So Hotline Miami is great. You can get the uh, so one great. and two on Switch. Nice. It's like yeah. a pack. I think I own it. Like, I'm pretty sure I own it on PC. You have but... to have owned it at this point, I think. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I played Hotline Miami on the Vita um, and I also had it on the PS4, and I did not like it when it was controls, but I really liked it when it was touch-based. Oh, interesting. And so mm -hmm. I don't know if on the Switch, I haven't played it yet on the Switch, I just bought it because it was on sale. Um, I don't know if it's touch-based or control-based, but... I'm sure maybe, you could probably do both. Yeah, maybe. I played it, it on, on PS4, it is pretty hard, and then I didn't finish it until I played it on PC. 
hmm. with a keyboard and mouse. I could and, I could reflex a little faster. And maybe that's the, the difference. Yeah. Some of the encounters are just so fast. It's I will, just there's so much going on, and I will also say if you like Hotline Miami, pick up Katana Zero. Hmm. And that's the one you played on the Switch too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maybe I'll check good. that out too. Maybe I will check that out as well. All I right, do like you... Hotline Miami, so I'm checking it out. Yeah. Check it check out Katana Zero. It is a great game with a great story. Yeah, Colby loved it. He he's been trying to get me to play it for a while, so maybe I will. Uh, Dylan, news. Thank you, sir. Uh, I almost burped. <laughs> thank you for not doing that. I appreciate it. Um, I. News! <laughs> yeah. My favorite Mario is Super Mario World. Is that... Do you, do you think that's a... a that's a not Controversial? A very, yeah, not I think a controversial it's very, in I think way. it's pretty like, common. It's either yeah. three or world. World, yeah. I like two a lot, too. I'll be Don't, for me, it's panic. three, I think, because yeah. I didn't play world a lot, and that yeah. could be the only reason. And and one of the kind of cool things about World is that it is a world. Like, you play a level, and then there's branching paths, and so on and so forth. And, Unlike uh, 3, where that's exactly what happens. Is it? Yes. Like, does it have the overworld, yeah. just like... Uh-huh. It does, yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> thanks for stealing my thunder, Cole. <laughs> anyway, if you have Super Mario Maker 2, which a lot of people do... Uh, as of today, April 22nd, there is a update on that that gives you a bunch of things. There's access to all seven Koopalings, whatever the hell a Koopaling is, um, the mushrooms from, from Super Mario 2, the frog suit, which I enjoy quite a bit, the super a- acorn suit from Mario Brothers University, or you, not university. It's not a university. <laughs> it, I don't know why I said university. No, it's, it, it's an accredited university. <laughs> from now on, it is canon that Super That's Brother, really funny. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers U is actually stood for Super Mario University. It's actually actually plumbing school. (laughs) I pledged at one of their frats. Man, I tell you, my brain is mush. Um, The boomerang flower, the cannon box, the propeller, a bunch more stuff. But what I think is actually the coolest update on this is it now will allow you to make um, overworlds. So you can create a bunch of individual levels and connect them via... Um, wow. The pathing, yeah, the pathing that you see in apparently Super Mario Brother Three and uh, Super Mario World. So um, it'll allow you to create up to eight worlds that contain up to forty courses. And I don't know if that's wow. my guess is that's like five worlds per course, not like up to three hundred and twenty worlds, right? Um, which you can then share. Um, the only negative thing I've heard about this so far is that. As a individual player, you can only share one world per Super Mario Maker 2 account. Uh, which It's like, that's your world. That's your world, share. which is kind of a bummer if you've got a bunch of different ideas. Um, right. And I think I'm sure there's that's plenty for most, like, hyper majority of people, but then there's probably a couple people that well, would be such great creators that they could do one and then this is great so let's do another one yeah i think mario just has such a great like they've got such an amazing like builder community that i think it's a shame that they kind of artificially limit that they've i mean mario maker has always had this weird thing with artificially limiting how many worlds you can upload anyway i mean because you've got to think these things are probably tiny like i can't imagine it's like oh my god we're running out of space in super mario world World. i I guess it's probably (laughs) a way to 
um, try and increase quality, I suppose. If you can only upload, you know, 10 levels or one Mario thing, you maybe aren't going to blow that on making a really crappy level. Um, but at the same time, it seems like they could figure out a way for you to, I mean, if, if they were a company that liked to make money, they would just let you purchase slots to uh, put extra things into. But you'd think that maybe like, hey, you know, my average rating is over 80% or something. And that gets me, you know, a new slot or, you know, the one world I've made is really well received and has an average rating yeah. of five stars or four stars or whatever. And so that allows me to upload a second one just to, you know, if your first one's garbage, like, yeah, keep working on that one until yeah. it's not garbage. But I'm sure. I'm sure it's a matter of time before they have curated creators that probably could get more power. I, I mean, don't know. You'd think it seems so? very obvious. You'd think so, but Nintendo just yeah. hasn't done that with either of the Super Mario things. Like, they had these weird limits on everything. You'd think that... I mean, you'd think that they would approach it like a, like a Fortnite kind of thing where you really would... Um, embrace your creators for this game but they they really haven't Nintendo's a weird company sometimes man like they're just weird there's there's not much you can do about it so do you want me to yell about Zelda for another 20 minutes <sighs> we're gonna do a podcast specifically about you yelling about Zelda that's actually what it'll be named Colby yells about Zelda Yelda. it's gonna be four hours long <laughs> um I just want to know when they're gonna I don't know release a new Super Mario RPG right you know and I was kind of bummed you know, they're talking about releasing all of the Mario games this year or a bunch yeah. of the Mario games this year. And I'm pretty su sure Super Mario or Mario RPG is not one of the ones that's getting re-released, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Doesn't get a lot of love from Nintendo. It does, But, but it generally was well received. Like, people like mm -hmm. it, right? Oh, yeah. People love it. it. But, like, I don't even know. I don't think it was available. Might have been available on the virtual consoles, but I'm not sure. You know what I want to happen? I want Mario to give that license to Obsidian. I mean, they did it with that weird I, rabbits game. Like, yeah, no, that was Ubisoft. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, they, but I'm saying they licensed it to an extreme no, yeah, developer. Yeah. Like, I would love to see what well, that would you, be. Pretty neat. Yeah, well, to they, see. they licensed. Uh, I mean, Legend of Zelda essentially to uh, who was it that made the. Oh yeah, um, the dancing game. Yeah, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what that Cadence of means. Hyrule. Yeah, yeah. Cadence whatever of it's called. Cadence of Hyrule. I never bought that. That's a game I should think about. Um, soundtrack was great. I, I mean, so there's a precedent. Like, let yeah. people who make RPGs make a cool Mario RPG. I'd play the crap out of that. Like, yeah. I'm not super interested in new Mario games, but I'm, I'd play a Mario RPG. I, I tell you, much like my 20-minute yelling about Zelda, I find Nintendo to be a fascinating company that appears to not like money. Yeah. Or gamers much. <laughs> like, they're just, they're very impenetrable. And Does Nintendo of, still make most of their money on, like, Plinko machines? Probably, yeah, in Japan. Yeah. yeah. That'd be my guess. All right, uh, next up. So GameStop, as you recall, is an essential business. Of course. In their own minds. Um, but with uh, a couple states trying to pull back on um, social distancing and so on and so forth, they are ready to open again. <laughs> they are so excited. Um, interestingly enough, though, like GameStop actually kind of – I actually figured that the 
shut down during the kind of quarantine would actually just kill GameStop, but actually they've apparently done okay. Um, People they need closed, video games, yo. Yeah, they closed about a third of their stores, but they have hit kind of really close to sales goals in the two thirds that have been doing curbside delivery, which I think is super strange that you can get curbside video games. But so someone pointed out something kind of interesting that um, GameStop staying open probably was a smart move on their part because not a lot of people were getting money, Yeah, but they will let you trade in your consoles and stuff for money. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. They're they're basically pawn shops for yeah. video games and iPads mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah. yeah, you can even trade in, like, phones and stuff there. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was smart for them. I'm just glad I haven't heard about any, like, GameStop employees dying yet, so. Yet. Yeah, it's a big yet. That you know of. That is also true. So, um, they're planning on reopening, I think, in Georgia and... I don't know, probably Florida, probably Florida. Um, Their senior leadership is actually taking some, some, well, let me, let me, let me put it to you this way. They made a big announcement. Their senior leadership is taking some pretty hefty pay cuts. So their CEO is going to take a 50% base salary reduction. So keep that word in mind, base salary (laughs) reduction. Their CFO and the rest of their executive leadership team is taking a 30% cut. This is, of course, temporary. Board of directors, so Reggie is going to uh, see a 50% cut. And then certain other employees, and I think that's like regional managers, will see like a 10 to 30% cut and some other kind of executive staff. And like you look at that and you're like, well, that's that's great. Like that 50% cut is cool. But when they say base salary, what they just mean is like their take-home pay, which generally speaking, when you're an executive, is the smallest part of your compensation package. Like the big part is bonuses and stock options, which I mean, not that I want to be getting paid in like GameStop stock right now, but on the flip side, after this announcement, GameStop stocks up like a buck a share, and when your stock's only worth four dollars, a buck a share is pretty good. So, I don't know. It's cool. They've actually they found a company in Korea to actually invest in them. They got like some company in Korea, like a hedge fund or something, bought five percent of GameStop a couple like a month ago. So maybe they're just going to be the zombie store that continues living forever. They should have gotten that dude who uh, invested in WeWorks to... uh... Recently? Um, I mean, fairly recently. Wow. I can't remember. Is it the person who owns Alibaba? Probably. Man, I can't imagine WeWorks. SoftBank. SoftBank. That's what it is. There's no way WeWorks making it through this, are they? (laughs) No. I can't imagine. God, that's a, like, if you want to listen to a good podcast, listen to the Behind the Bastards on WeWorks. Like, it'll <laughs> blow your damn mind. All right. Uh, next up, the Doom Eternal soundtrack doesn't sound great. Have you guys listened to it by chance? I've listened Mm-mm. to it a couple times. So it's kind of a weird deal where, um, I don't know if someone leaked it or or what, but there's a, a dude on YouTube who has the Doom Eternal soundtrack on YouTube. And it's been up there for, like, Months, Like, I'm going to say, like, since January, February. And so that's where I've heard it. Um, the game obviously came out, like, two or three weeks ago. And I was super excited. Like, day one, I started searching Spotify for the Doom Eternal soundtrack. And it's just never shown up, which I thought was kind of weird. And so the only way to get it 
at launch was um, if you bought the like super fancy edition of of Doom Eternal, which probably came with a statue, you also got the soundtrack. And then Bethesda was like, oh, hey, guys, sorry, it's not ready yet, Um, but you'll get it eventually. Don't worry. And it's still kind of that way. It's still, I don't believe the people that bought that version of the game actually have it. So now the music's in the game, but it just has been difficult to hear. And so someone, um, their name is that ACDC guy on, (laughs) sorry. Bon Scott? Yeah. I actually, I didn't realize that that actually said ACDC until I got about halfway through that Twitter (laughs) handle. (laughs) Anyway, that ACDC guy, um, was uh, looking at the original Doom 2016 soundtrack versus the Doom Eternal soundtrack and noticed that the the sound waves, when you pull it into, say, I don't know, an audio editor, have been, like, super compressed. Like, it just is really flat. So if you've never seen, like, you can actually go out to that ACDC guy's Twitter and you can actually see, a you know, a visual picture of of what this looks like and even if you're not an audio person you can look at those two files and go like huh that's probably a problem and so they started kind of looking at it and they realized that it's just been really over compressed it looks like someone just didn't master it right took it into you know their tools and just was like i don't know normalize this entire thing and so what it makes it it makes it sound really muddy um and uh makes all the instruments kind of compete with each other it just doesn't sound like the the Doom 2016 soundtrack is good because it is just so layered. There's so much going on. There's there's great guitar and great digital stuff and great drums. It just it it sounds really good. And the couple times I've listened to the new one, I'm like, this is it's good. I understand like musically it's good, but it just sounds kind of bleh. like there's just too much going on all the time. And this kind of explains that. And so apparently Mick Gordon got on this thread and said, yeah, I didn't mix those, I guess, quote, I didn't mix those and wouldn't have done that. You'll be able to spot the small handful of tracks that I did mix, Meat Hook, Command, and Control. And uh, he said that he asked, another user asked if he'd work with ID again, and he said he doubt they'd work together again. So for some reason, beyond Mick Gordon's control, someone else mixed the Doom soundtrack and didn't do a great job on it. Um, PC Gamer reached out to him and he said, I take a lot of pride in my work. It's all I do. It's all I have. And I pour my heart and soul into it. And he's still trying to understand the situation himself and has no further comment at this time. But for, I mean, I would say that when I talk to people about great soundtracks, the Doom 2016 soundtrack comes up a lot. Like it's, it's good and people really like it. And it's kind of a bummer that the Doom Eternal soundtrack doesn't sound uh, like it's going to hit that same level. Um, and, and the flip side, though, like some people don't care about things like that and they'll just go like, hey, this sounds great. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you sad? It's weird. I'm very sad. Right? Why didn't he... Uh... Master it? Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's an internal ID thing. I don't know if it's a, he got them the soundtrack late, so they had to rush it to production to get it in the game thing. Like, no one's no one's talking. Like, and it doesn't look like ID or Bethesda have made any sort of statement at all. So, hmm. it's, it's kind of weird to me, though, that, I mean, he's worked with Bethesda for years. Like, he didn't do, do Doom 2016. He did... Um, I think the last three or two of the last three Wolfenstein soundtracks as well. 
So I don't know. Kind of a bummer. I I love like the Doom 2016 soundtrack. I listen to constantly. So it's uh it's too bad. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Um. So I've never played this game. I'm hoping that maybe you guys have. It's probably a little bit more your timeline than mine. Did you guys play uh, the Star Wars Episode One racer game that came out on the N64? Oh, yes. I, I knew did. every secret in that game. I, I've never played it, but I know that people of like probably people of Dylan's generation, uh, maybe a little bit older, loved that game. Like when when you talk Star Wars games, that one comes up all the time as like a great Star Wars game. So the funny thing is I know I played it and I know I enjoyed it, but like it never really jumped out as amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone says it is, I don't know. Yeah. It could just be time, you know, it could be I think games like that it's kind of how I am with Mario Kart. Like, mm-hmm. I never got into Mario Kart, so I play Mario Kart now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's a cool racing game. But, I mean, and then I people it at love the time. Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a Nintendo 64. I, I remember renting it. So. Maybe you're dumb. Yeah. Could be. Maybe you just hate Star Wars. That is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dylan, big fan. Yes. I it, played this game a lot. Well, the good news is coming... Up on May 12th, you will be able to play this game again on your PlayStation 4 and your Nintendo Switch. Um, interestingly enough, I will. you will. <laughs> it doesn't look like they're, this isn't like a digital remaster. This isn't a, like much of anything. Like the, it's really funny. They keep, like the thing that they really push on all of the like press releases I've seen for this is that it's going to have all sorts of cool new things like modernized controls. Like that's their big selling point is like, I, that's probably the only thing that really matters because <laughs> I can just imagine anything you play from N64 when you had one analog stick, like good luck trident. trying to play that now. So just fix the controls. I'm good. It can still look like dog turd. I wonder like, if they'll fine. like, that being it. said, having played Nintendo 64 games, it's not always fine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I am very interested. I, I think it's a very interesting choice. Um, and, and an interesting choice to release it as... I mean, so this is a question here, okay? So it's an, a Nintendo 64 game, which is, I've got to assume, a very different beast than a Switch... Is this a game that they are just reusing assets and recoding to work? Or are they able now to create emulators that will run a Nintendo 64 game on a Switch? Because do you just want me to yell about Link for 40 minutes, Cliff? Goldman, I literally talked about this for like 20 minutes today about why I can't just get my Nintendo 64 version Link games on the Switch. And But I, I don't know. I'm not sure if you can run the... Like, a, I don't know if a Switch is powerful enough to run a Nintendo 64 emulator, but it I seems mean, like you, a... You can run Raspberry Pis can run Nintendo 64. Barely. Like, no, no, new ones? Can. Well, yeah, maybe the, not the Bs, but the whatever yeah, one. Yeah, like I have the, seen, you can play, I think now they can actually run GameCube games on really? Raspberry Pis, if I recall correctly. So, so theoretically, like, a Switch is more powerful than that. Uh-huh. I can't imagine that they can't, but I mean... Right? Yeah. But I can't imagine that I mean I I've got to think it is that though cuz I can't imagine someone like recoding 
a Nintendo 64, a Nintendo 64 game. game and not making new graphics for it. Like yeah. that seems well, like a real weird. I would say because it's also coming out on the PS4. It's not like they oh good. Did, yeah, they did. You know, the coding for both. It's got to be on an emulator. Which means to me, like, why isn't every Nintendo 64 game just available on the Switch and the PS4? <laughs> Again, how much do you want me to yell about Nintendo Which, and their lack of wanting money? So this is actually an interesting, like, this actually brings up another question, though. Is the version that's going to be on the PS4 the PS1 version or is it the Nintendo 64 version? Probably the PS1 version. I don't know. Now I'm... This this is like I, I when I read the story I was like this is interesting but now was actually it, that I think about it it's a lot more interesting. Was it on Xbox? I wait no there wouldn't have been an Xbox. Yeah, but no, I, Xbox didn't exist yet. Was there a a pod racing game on Xbox? I don't know, man. It's, I don't it, think so. I never played it, so I'm not sure. I'm I'm very interested about a couple questions around this now though. Like, super interested. And it came out on the PC, too, it looks like. I'm guessing. Did not come out on the Xbox. It came out on the Dreamcast. (laughs) Yeah, so... Star Wars Connect Pod Racing playthrough? What the hell's that? Wait, really? Oh, there was a Star Wars Connect game, wasn't there? Apparently, Connect Star Wars, there was a pod racing. I don't know, man. I'm I'm very interested. This game also just got released relatively recently on the PC via GOG. So I guess it's also a possibility that the maybe this is the PC version that they're emulating on. Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's interesting. I also think it's interesting that I kind of heard that LucasArts was involved in it and I didn't think they were a company anymore. So does is LucasArts owned by Disney? Yes. I don't know. This is this is maybe maybe I'm gonna have to research this more as we get closer to the twelfth and figure out more things since we're just trying next, to figure it out in real time. The next podcast, Cliff's is gonna have the red yarn, and <laughs> I'll be like, "What's his name from uh... Pepe Silvia? Pepe Silvia." Uh-huh. It's always sunny. Anyway, I guess that's enough of me like thinking weird thoughts about a Star Wars game from. 20 years ago (laughs) that I've never played, but I'm suddenly very interested in. Welcome to Cliff's Train of Thought podcast. (laughs) Dylan will buy it May 12th. Um, So one thing Dylan might want to do before buying any other games on his Nintendo Switch is set up two-factor authentication. If you don't know what that is, it's an extremely annoying but very secure process that means that every time you go to log into your Switch, you're going to also have to open up a app on your phone that'll give you a code that you then have to type in. But um, Nintendo's not being very chatty about this, but somehow a bunch of switches are getting hacked and it even has been people that are like, oh shoot, I'm really worried about getting hacked. So I went in and changed my password to something more secure and my switch password was hacked three hours later. Um, so this isn't like, like a lot of times when these kind of hacking things happen, what'll happen is someone will hack a e-commerce database and they'll get 70 bajillion passwords and then they just use the username and passwords from those to just randomly hit against, you know, the switch site. And that's how Um, Colby's Xbox got hacked several years ago. It's how my, it's how my, uh, 
my Hotmail account it, got hacked it, like repeatedly. Mine was the PlayStation thing because yep, my reach. PlayStation and my Xbox were the only thing that shared that password. Yeah, so that's how it often happens, but it does not appear that this is how it's happening this time, which leads me to a lot of questions about the security of the Switch in general, but that's we won't we won't do that here. Um, so the way to fix this is to turn on two-factor authentication. Like I said, it's a pain in the butt, but you should probably do this for most of the things you have. Um, like if your Steam library isn't... Um, done that way and and the reason why is is i'm not exactly can you gift things through the eShop? i don't think so so maybe it's not as big a deal but you can probably buy gift cards can't you i don't know yeah either way um like as an as a for instance like my wife's safe or safeway starbucks account got hacked and the person immediately transferred all of her existing gift cards to themselves and then attempted to buy $1,000 more of gift cards and transfer those to themselves. Luckily, my American Express said, like, it seems really unlikely that they wake up at 3 a.m. and try and buy $1,000 worth of Starbucks gift cards. And so those are the kind of things that happen. Someone gets access to your account. It's not like they're going to steal your games. It's not like they're going to steal your account. It's They're going to buy stuff with your credit card and give it to themselves. Yeah. Um, so to fix this, what you have to do is log into your, go to the Nintendo website and then log into your account, go to sign in and security, and then go down to two-step verification and click edit. And so, and then you're going to need the Google Authenticator app on your phone. It's going to send you an email that'll have a, um, like a, what do they call those stupid square a QR code. It's going to have a QR code. You'll scan that with your phone. It'll give you another code that you enter back into the website and then it magically works from there going forward. It's like I said, it's going to be a pain, but it's going to keep people from stealing all your stuff. And that's usually good. And until they figure out what the problem is, it seems like it's the only way to keep people from stealing your stuff. So I guess unless you don't like your stuff, you should probably go do it. I hate my stuff. Um, oh, in that case, Colby, what's your password? Just say it out loud right now with your, with your email address. Oh, it's just Colby. Colby. Just... One, two, three, four. Um, so GamesCon, which is the biggest video game conference in the world, I believe, has been canceled because of coronavirus. It's uh, in Cologne, Germany, I believe. And it's it's something that we don't think about a lot over here because most of their conferences and shows and stuff take place in the middle of the night U S time. And so like E3 is a way bigger deal over here, but internationally GamesCon is massive. Like hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of people show up for it. Um, and Germany, it was supposed to be, I'm going to say like August 1st and 2nd and Germany just said, Hey, there's not going to be any big gatherings throughout August. And so they said, well, I guess we're canceled and they're going to try and do a big digital to do like E3 said they were going to do. I guess we'll have to wait and see as to whether or not, um, that actually happens, but I'm really hoping that someone does do a big digital thing with video games this year, because if they don't, there's not going to be any video game news to talk about all summer. Selfishly, I hope that someone does it so we can talk about video games again. But also just because there's so many, especially indies, that are having a hard time getting their games 
uh, recognized because there's not any of these shows going on. Um, Gamescom canceled about five days ago. Yesterday, PAX West still said, like, hey, no, we're on. Like, Labor Day weekend, be there. (laughs) Washington State Convention Center. As a person that lives in Washington, I'm not a big believer that that will actually be happening. Um, When is Memorial or Labor Day? uh, Like, September. I think the thing this year is going to be, like, yeah, it's the first weekend of September. Hmm. So, I mean, maybe... Maybe, maybe, but like, I mean, that's 80,000 people stuffed into the Washington State Convention Center. (laughs) Um, I definitely don't think I'll be going this year. (sighs) That'd be a very hard decision to make. I will, I will evaluate when we get to that point. Um, I actually have tickets, so um, they also have a big Comic-Con out here called Emerald City Comic-Con, and that was supposed to be in March, and it got pushed back to the second to last weekend in August. So, I mean, which I, and I still have tickets for that. So (laughs) I guess, I guess maybe I'll just get a double dose of coronavirus on like two opposing weekends. I think it'll be great. Should we be looking for a new podcast host? You probably should be looking for a new person. (laughs) You just let Vinny take over. Vinny can just do two podcasts. It'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I really, I, I've got to assume that the Penny Arcade people are going to look at the liability and their inability to get insurance based on that liability and go like, maybe this isn't a good bet to take this year. <laughs> well, Washington was... So that, that is a crowded place. So yeah. mm-hmm. like, it is. Well, wasn't Washington pretty good with shutting everything down like and being somewhat responsible? Um... More so than a lot of states, but yeah. less so than like California. So, <clears throat> I mean, they're talking, they're saying here that our curve is actually probably on its way down and we're going to start seeing like a slow build back to normalcy starting in the middle of May. But I think that'll just mean that we'll see a slow <laughs> rebuilding the normalcy in the middle of May. June and July, we'll see a nice little bump of more people dying and then they'll shut it down yeah. for August and September. So I don't, I don't know. I can't. I don't have a crystal ball for pandemics. Sadly, oh, I do. But I can make a ton of money everyone. right now. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I don't see it as happening. But who knows? I am also not a. What What is the? I don't know the the word for them. Epi, people that study epidemiologist. Yes, one of those. I'm not one of those either. So who knows? Maybe. Um, Death Stranding, we're, this is the coronavirus section of the podcast. They, you have one every week now, I think. Uh, Death Stranding PC release has been delayed. So it was supposed to come out June 2nd. Now it's coming out June 14th because Kojima Productions is not working from their weird office where you walk through a giant hallway of light that is supposed to symbolize rebirth. They're instead just working from their homes. Um... And I guess that's hard. So still coming out, just not until July 14th. We'll update there. Finally, you buy, you guys both own Animal Crossing. I do. Everyone else I know owns Animal Crossing. And it doesn't just seem that way. Like, do you guys, like, pay attention to much of the, like, my Twitter is 50% Animal Crossing these days. Um, and I didn't do that on purpose. It wasn't like I followed a bunch of Animal Crossing accounts. It's just everyone I know is playing it. Um... And that is because Animal Crossing New Horizons had a bigger launch 
in both the amount of money made and the number of copies sold than any Mario or Zelda game in history, including Breath of the Wild. Um, and wow. it has already outsold every other Animal Crossing game lifetime sales um, in the first, what, month? So the only games on the Nintendo platform <laughs> that are bigger than Animal Crossing New Horizons is Super Smash Bro for Wii that came out in like, what, 2015? And Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for Switch. So wow. two Smash games are bigger sellers than this, but they are the only things that have outsold New Horizons. So kind of a perfect storm for, I think, for that game to come out right at the start yeah, of yeah. the pandemic. So, I mean, I think it would have been big. I think it would have been really big without that. But I think a lot of people are like, dude, I'm going to be home for three months. I should get some sort of game where I can do capitalism on an island. Yep. It's kind of like kind of like Gilligan. Um, which is cool, though. Like, I mean, good for good for Nintendo. Good for whoever makes it. Who makes that game? I don't even know. Is that a first party Nintendo game? Yeah, it's a first party. Mm-hmm. Good for Nintendo. Maybe they don't need to make more money, Cole, because they're already making all the money. Maybe that's the reason. But they could be making so much more of the money. Maybe they're just like... I was going to say, like, maybe we they did. are being good people, yeah, but they're yeah, not. They're, they're not making money, and they're not giving us stuff. So. I was going to say, like, what business is like, yeah, we're, the making -betweeners. Enough, we're making enough money. It's fine. It's and, fine. and people want stuff. We don't really care about that. Stockholders are like, yeah, no, we're good with this, too. I... <laughs> It's a weird world, man. All right, questions. First up from Vinny. Oh, sorry, Dylan. It's your turn. I apologize. Hey, yo, Vinny. Cliff's trying to cut me off. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. Uh, Vinny says, Microsoft, this is, he sent this to me, and I was like, what? Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to be a 150 gig install. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, a current game, is if you install everything, is a 200 gig install. That's because, <laughs> or, it, that's because a hundred of that is the like Battle Royale game. Why is a Battle Royale game 100 gigs? I don't know. Boy. I anyway. Don't know. I think it's 90 and the, the game is 110 or something. I can't remember. That's obscene. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's... That's if I had my one S hooked up, that is literally those two games together would be almost my entire hard drive. That would leave me with like 70 gigs free because it's a 500 gig hard drive. And is you only mine's a, my one S is a 500 gig. I think I've got a one S mine's a terabyte. I thought eh, maybe it's a terabyte. I don't know. I swore it was a 500 gig, but mm -hmm. either way, like there are a lot of 500 gig, you know, Xboxes out there and even a terabyte. I mean, that's still yeah. a third of your hard drive space. Like that's a lot of space. Um, so Vinny's question is if current gen games take up this much space, what is next gen going to look like? And what are your thoughts on this in general? I'm going to go ahead and guess that they're going to look about the same, maybe a little bit bigger. I think you will, they will be bigger. Um, what I, what I will say is that the good news is, I guess is that Xbox Series X games um, and the Xbox Series X in general is planning for this better than the Xbox 
the current gen did in that you'll be able to do a lot more selecting what I want to install. So if you do not have a 4K TV, it will not install 4K textures. If you just want to play the campaign, it will not install the multiplayer. So the people that are really going to have problems next gen are unfortunately people like me and you and Vinny who want, who have a 4K TV, who really like to play all the different bits. Like, I mean, the good news is I play the campaign in most of those games, but I think there's a lot of games where I do not play the campaign. Dylan just ate floor food. I think all of you should know that. And now you have to listen to it. Um, so, I mean, the good news is, is the average person is going to be able to manage their space way better than they can on current hardware. Yeah. The bad news is, is that for those of us who can't, either you're going to be uninstalling and reinstalling a lot, or you're going to have to buy one of those fancy Xbox chip hard drives that only are made by Western Digital that plug into the front of your Xbox Series X. So I mean, I, I just uninstall and reinstall on my Xbox now. That's really, I and I'm actually to the same point. I used to have like all sorts of hard drives hooked up to mine and whatever. Um, and I think with my Series X, I probably will have a hard drive hooked up to it. Like I'll buy an external. I think I have one, maybe not. Um, because I'm going to put my Xbox, Xbox this gen series games in there and then install the Series X games to the hard drive. But yeah, I'm really to a point now where I mostly play a game until I beat it and then I install it and then I install new games. What so. people should be worried about is Comcast. Yep, data caps are going to kill you. Like, I mean, I if you pay are a 50 bucks a month. Member, you have a terabyte data cap, which yep, means which that means if you download 200 gigs, you <laughs> You know, you have another 800 to go. Also, you've got a figure that like, oh, I watched Netflix and all that stuff. That takes things too. I stream. I do all those. So, yep. And it and that's the thing too is if you're a streamer, it counts up bandwidth too. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff you're pushing. Um, I think people that are also going to have a problem are people that have multiple systems. So, I mean, that's actually my problem is that when I download a game, it often downloads yep. to my both my Xboxes. I, so I had to stop that because, like, I for the first I don't know couple months, I didn't quite realize it was doing that. Yep. And so I was downloading like you know, hey, this is a ninety gig game. No, it's actually one hundred and eighty because yeah. you're never going to play it on your upstairs Xbox, but it's there. Yeah. Um, rural folks are also going to have to. Yep. I don't know how that's going to work. Two hundred gigs on a on a you know twenty megabit connection is rough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunately I think that video game video games are getting to the point where. They're, I mean, video games are probably already kind of classist, but will probably get more so as they get bigger. The internet doesn't get significantly better, and the availability of physical copies becomes less and less. Yep. So it's not a, it's not great. It's uh, definitely not great. And Comcast really doesn't have any incentive to fix that either. No, so. they have an incentive to charge you more. Yeah. So um, enjoy I your. Mean, Enjoy your ga- your uh, gamer uh, subscription, yeah. That you have to yeah. get through Comcast so that you know. Yeah. I mean, already it costs me fifty dollars every oh, yeah. month. I mean, my I think that's the crazy thing is my actual bill for Comcast is eighty dollars, and then I almost double that to mm-hmm. be able to download things, which so. is asinine because I mean, if you're 
three gigs over that extra fifty dollars is not you yeah. know it, uh, yeah and I, you can pay it by the gig but like that I'm could good be, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I often hit like 1.7 1.8 terabytes a month so uh-huh. um you know it is what it is so I think it'll be better Vinny but I think that like quote unquote gamers, people that play a lot of games, people that play a lot of um, Game Pass games, people that stream a lot, people that want the newest and biggest and best are going to be the people that are going to have to juggle a little bit more. And and like I said, that either means you buy one of those fancy internal hard drive things, chips, or you just delete games and reinstall games a lot, which is not better. So Second option, we all buy pitchforks and head to the Comcast building not against it all right um not your local comcast like there's some nice people there like i've met no no no, headquarters i don't know where they're out of i don't either we'll figure it out uh princess megan actually has two questions and i will allow it no i I already said i would do it uh first question is what if anything do you miss the most about the pre-covid world i miss being able to eat at restaurants and have in-person game nights with my friends um I also miss eating at restaurants, like, a lot. Um, I really miss eating out. So, And I miss I, seeing movies. I think I am the only person whose, like, life did not dramatically change in the least. <laughs> I hate eat- I love eating out, but I hate going to restaurants. I always get it to go. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I like. I vastly prefer going to a if, restaurant. I want someone to serve me. If I wasn't married... There would literally be no difference in my life. Like, <laughs> none at all. Colby has told me more than one time. So, like, in the, I'm going to say 1800s, um, a lot of wealthy people with too damn much money would hire hermits to hermits, live on their yeah. property. They're yeah. uh, decorational hermits. Yeah. And Colby has told me more than once that in a perfect world, he would have been born in the 1800s and just lived as a hermit on somebody's property, I guess, with an Xbox. That would have been amazing. That'd be great. <laughs> like, I literally, I, I mean this. And, like, I feel kind of bad because a lot of people's lives have changed and not for the better. My life is 0% different. Yeah. Well, and even from Colby's standpoint, like his wife works at a grocery store. So it's not even like he has to risk his life shopping. His wife is already risking her life every day. Yeah. So she just grabs food on the way home. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, I mean, but to be frank, though, like mine is not a lot different either. Like I am not a super. But you work like, from I'm, home. I work from home now. That is true. Yeah. I mean, but you like, go to, you still go to work too. So. Well, I know, but I'm saying that that oh, means my oh, life is 0% yeah. different. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's actually um, gotten better because I don't have to go out. <laughs> like yeah. all those things that like like there's no family parties or anything yeah. like that that I have to go to because they don't exist. Exist. Yeah. My I, birthday uh, will be so much better this year because no one is coming over. I don't have to worry about that. I just get presents. What if mom hears this podcast and feels bad? You know she doesn't listen to it. She does not listen. Um yeah, no, I miss movies. Like, cause I, I have like AMC A Pass or whatever it's called. Let me see like a movie or three a week, and so I see a lot of movies, and I kind of miss that. And I'm a little worried that AMC is not going to exist as a company by the time this ends. They won't. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, and I miss going out to restaurants. Besides that, like I miss going to Target. Like I miss being able to just like go to a place for the purpose of like hanging out somewhere for a while. But 
even that, like, it's fine. I miss, you know, I miss... I'll actually tell you one thing I do miss. Like, I need grass seed because apparently my HOA does not understand the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and they're like, hey, man, if you don't fix your grass in the next 14 days, we're going to start fining you. Like, I miss grass. I, I need grass seed, but I don't want to go wait in line for 45 minutes to get into a Home Depot to risk my life to get grass seed. Like, I miss just, like, being able to go to a store and buy grass seed, even if I don't actually want it. So, I don't know. Dylan, what do you miss? You miss me. Dylan misses seeing me at work I, every day. I part of me does. Like I, I think. Thank you. There is a camaraderie in going to an office, so that does have value. Except it probably has more value now that we haven't done it in a while, and we'll go back and be like, "Hey, that was kind of nice." Even though right now it probably is kind of nice that you kind of get a break from it. Like that's not something you often do unless you're on vacation. And in a way, it's probably refreshing, even I'll, though the circumstances are not perfect. I'll tell you, I worked from home for like three or four years um, full time. And I then got a job like I lost that job and got another job working in an office. And like the first two weeks, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how awesome it is to work with other people that I can talk to. And that lasted about two weeks. And then I was like, oh, my God, I've got a 45-minute commute every day. This sucks. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm excited about seeing people again. I'm excited about, like, the communication that is easier at an office. But man, I'm not mm-hmm. excited about driving to work again. I'm not excited yeah. about going to work every day again. So, I don't know. What else um, do you really miss that, doing? Probably our weekly game night that yeah. has been postponed indefinitely. Oh, even though we sucks. have our other game night now so it's but i don't get to see everybody it's yeah. only the people i live with so i'm gonna try and play D this week we're gonna try and make it happen so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes i'm excited to try all right uh megan's other question is what skills have you learned from video games that you've been able to transfer into your everyday life Whew. I have, I, 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 mm, I think my like hand-eye coordination is probably slightly better, um, but only slightly. I, I dropped an entire open like pint glass of Coke today on my floor, so <laughs> it's not significantly Imagine better. what it could be. <laughs> I would have dropped both of them. You're just like <laughs> so. You're trying to pick stuff up with your feet. God, it was, it wasn't full. Luckily, it was only like halfway full. But I just like picked it up and just like slipped out of my hands. And you know how like a little bit of liquid can go really far sometimes. I swear to God, it covered like a six square foot portion of my kitchen. It was not great. So, um, what have I learned from video games? I mean, I, I'm sure there's like certain things that kind of go unnoticed, like just general, like strategy things or like spatial things. Like, I think it's hard to pinpoint what those are. Yeah. I think problem solving some sort of war game. Like you, you do learn like these really obscure things that probably don't really apply to your life other than when you play something else that, that those general ideas 
apply i, I mean i've said this on this podcast before but i'll say it again i did pass an interview one time based on a question that i learned from a professor Layton game so i mean there's that um based on um a lot of media accounts from the mid 90s i am also an expert marksman in real life i've never tested that out but my understanding is that i am actually a I'm essentially a killing machine based on my enjoyment of first-person shooters. So, like I said, I've not tried that out yet. I actually do not own a gun. But if I did, I'm sure it would actually just be like picking up any gun I've ever picked up in a game. I can use a rocket launcher in real life. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, super easy. I've seen it. Super easy. I I mean, you kind of just do. That one, you kind of just point it and pull the trigger, right? I don't think so. <laughs> As the rocket shoots behind Cliff. Like, I don't know the answer to that, Dylan, but I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. There's only one person that we know that might actually know the answer to that, and that is uh, Jack. So, so Jack, I don't know if you've ever shot a missile launcher, but I bet you he knows people that have shot a missile launcher. Maybe yeah. he can answer that one for us. So we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, get our Australian people consultant. that have close calls with grenades and stuff, but... Yeah, I don't know if I know someone. That's I'll be done. honest. No, based I do. On... I do know someone that that I think I know someone that's that's done done the rockets. I'll be honest. Based on how bad I am with grenades in video games, I should never use a grenade in real life. Like the odds of me pushing a button that shoots a grenade when I do not want a grenade to be shot is fifty yeah. percent. Like it, if it's one yeah. shoulder button and the other shoulder button does something else, fifty percent of the time I will just throw a grenade. So I would have to say that grenades would probably be the most concerning thing for an untrained person. Absolutely. Right? Like everything else, you kind of like, you point it, you do the thing. You click this it. one, you kind of gotta, you gotta worry about your dexterity of like throwing this object while holding this thing, like having never done it. That's I, mean, I read like, one time on the, about. Oh, on the other hand, like people with guns, because they think they know how to use them. Like I think there's that kind of, like, oh, I'm fine as they swivel around and point it at everyone, kind of thing. <laughs> right. Also true. I just I I one time looked up like the kill radius of a grenade, and like it's it's a lot further than you'd think, and the like. Depends hey, on the yeah. Grenade. Well, it depends on the grenade. I was looking up just like standard, like U.S. Army, yeah, yeah. like the kind of grenades that you, when you think of a grenade, the grenade you think of. And like, I mean, I think the kill radius was like 10 or 15 feet, but like the shrapnel radius oh, was yeah. like 40 or 50. And I'm like, can I throw a grenade 50 feet? I don't know if I can throw a grenade 50 well, feet. Like yeah. they're made of metal. They're kind of heavy. They're pretty I'm heavy. Clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're generally throwing them on like a I flat my coke surface. this morning. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah, no, I guess maybe I would just always throw my grenades downhill. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All I can see, Cole, is I mean, and I've done it a million times in video games, so I can just see me doing Bounce it in real it life. Back. Is bouncing it back or it rolls back down the hill. I'm frantically trying to outrun a grenade. <laughs> Or, I mean, the other option is, is I'm like, okay, this thing's got a five-second prime. One, two, three, something distracts me and <laughs> blows it. Like, th- what I'm trying to say is don't ever give me a grenade. Don't ever give me the grenade. That's what I've learned, Megan, is the thing I've learned from video games that transfers <laughs> to my everyday me. life is don't give See, me a grenade. We got there. <laughs> we got there. All right, so Cliff Hunter, who 
I'm hoping is hunting like geological formations and not me. Like if I, so you guys can see behind me right now, right? Yep. Is yes. Eddie peering in my window? Yep. Oh no, <laughs> this is not good. So if this mic just goes quiet all of a sudden, he was successful. Hunting, There's just a bear trap behind you. Don't worry. Hunting the most dangerous prey cliff uh he wants to know what who do you think you guys can hmm who do you think can pull off a predator game that would make you want to come back just for the hunt ubisoft rocksteady i would love for the game to take place right before the predator movie starts so having played ubisoft's version of predator not them um <laughs> the one was it that bad vision no it was in, oh. uh wildlands Wildlands, right, right. Sorry, the, the division. Oh, the division right, it would have been amazing, like the urban predator. <laughs> so it's, yeah, that's that, just Predator Two. Yeah, that game or that. Uh, I did not enjoy that, and I mean, granted, like what I've heard, you actually had to have is four people to beat it, but it was not fun. It was just not fun at all. So I'm gonna say no to Ubisoft. Um, who would make a? So cool... I would think, like, to me, if they actually had made a Predator game, I might pick Ubisoft because I see parallels to Rainbow Six Siege. In, yeah, I could see that. And I assume there's probably going to be some sort of like destructible environment, kind of tactical hunting thing. Yeah, and it's a very survival thing, so it's not you're not respawning. It's kind of a one. You get one chance of this kind of game, so. <laughs> So I guess the question, like, I'm going to need some help here because I have seen the Predator movie exactly once. You should see it again. It's good. Yeah. It's probably I mean, more I, than I have, so. I didn't dislike it, um, but is there just one Predator? They're like an alien species, well, it right? It depends on which Predator. Are we talking about the first Predator, 87? Well, I'm just saying, like, Predator canon. Like, because, I mean, Alien versus Predator, I assume there's a bunch it's of aliens Predator and a canon. bunch of Predators. Yeah. Yeah. There are, so there are more multiple than one predator. Predators. Yeah, they come from a Predator planet like planet yeah yeah so i mean in that case um like i think i mean the, the problem is i don't want to say publisher because that's not right but i don't remember who makes it i would love to see the whoever did dead space like i mean i know that's an ea game but i don't remember who actually made dead space i would love to see their take on on a predator game um but i mean I have a hard time thinking that would be good. Like, I think that would have to be maybe Space Predator, so so a Space Predator game. And then I think we actually are just playing Dead Space, so maybe I just want a new Dead Space game. Is oh, that... I totally... That's exactly what I want. You say Predator, right? I say I want a new Dead Space game. Dead Space game. game. <laughs> um, <laughs> who makes It's cool... Visceral Games, by the way. Visceral. God, that's a... That's I'm a... Just... I just what I want is actually just for Sierra, which does Sierra still exist? No, no. So I want Sierra to come back and just remaster Alien vs Predator Two, which was a phenomenal game. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I would. I bet you ID could do a good, a good I, Predator game. I think it really depends on like kind of what, what kind you of predator want. Game you want because like Alien versus Predator too, you got to play as a predator and you got to fight a predator, and so like, do you want to play as a predator? Do you want it as a you know four v one kind of thing? Do you want it as a you know? I think it would wholly depend on what kind of predator game you yeah. want. Yeah, I uh, I wonder if who is it that made Control? Is that Remedy? Uh, I think so. 
I think so. Anyway, whoever made Control, I think they might be able to do an interesting Predator game. I think the thing is, like, Predator is such a... Like, probably the best thing about Predator as a bad guy is that you can probably take almost any video game company and figure out how they could make a great Predator game by putting Predator into a framework in which they make games like you could make a good i mean obviously people have make a good horror predator game you can make a good sci-fi predator game you could i mean i don't think wildlands was actually a good predator game but you could probably make a cool the division or a cool wildlands style predator game like i think it's less um which developer and which more which version of Predator do you want to play? So I think it's a good generic enemy, though. Um, I guess my question for you guys, too, is is the problem with a Predator video game is that there's only the Predator? Like, even if you have a bunch of Predators, is that boring? Are there other things on its planet that might be interesting? Or is it always just the Predator? Well, so the Predator is, like in the Alien versus Predator, is that they hunt aliens as like a rite of passage. And oh, so that's why you have aliens and predators, you know? Sure. Um, and so, like, that's why the Alien versus Predator games were so good, is because you got to play as the three different, like, races. You know, you had the, the Space Marines, you had the aliens, and then you had the Predators, and you got sure. to play as all three going against, essentially, all three in three different campaigns. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you need something other than just... Predators. Predators. I mean, I guess the um, thing is, is like you could probably expand the meta to include other stuff. I mean, or maybe why? Why are they here? Why he does he ends up like crashing on Earth in the first movie, right? Like he wasn't I, coming here on purpose. I don't know if it's ever necessarily explained why Blaine? he's here. Yeah, I mean, he might be here to hunt humans because he, that maybe I don't know. It's Jesse been Ventura a while was since here. I've seen it. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of companies that can make a good Predator game, though. I think so. Uh, the Dons wants to know, do you have any paintings or random pieces of furniture that you now hate since you've been stuck inside with it for weeks and weeks and weeks? <laughs> That's really funny, yes. Um, <laughs> so our kitchen table was wobbly. Yeah, yeah. And we quickly dispatched of it <laughs> after this happened. We have a new kitchen table now because it was impossible. Like, That's funny. I could not imagine if we still had it today how frustrated I would be, like, working on my laptop on that wobbly table all the time. The cat jumps up and your coffee's on the floor. Like, that's kind of <laughs> – it's just – we like, literally it was within a couple of days, like, we were on Craigslist and found a sweet kitchen table and bench and chairs and stuff. I also, it was small, so yeah, it was not appropriate for game nights. That's super um, funny. I so. have, I don't actually think I have anything right now that's driving me nuts. Like, I'm a little, I'm a little stir crazy just because like I have too much stuff. Like, I I've known that I needed to like clean out my house for a while and that's it's made worse by the fact that we're just here staring at all day but the downside was we actually got kind of a head start on it like at the first of the quarantine and now my garage is just full of stuff that i need to get rid of that i can't get rid of because all the places you donate that stuff to aren't open anymore right 
Um, the one thing that I am very, 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 very happy about is that my dad bought me a new chair for Christmas this year. Because if I was having to work from home eight hours a day in my old office chair, I would be a crippled mess of just like cliff parts because it was just so uncomfortable. Like it, it didn't work for two hours, let alone eight or ten. So I, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not sad about my chair. I'm actually very, very, very happy about my chair and very, very thankful that uh, I don't have to hit on my old one. Sit on my old one. So how about you, Cole? Do you? It. Sometimes I hit on. I'm like, hey, chair, how you doing? Do you have any things that you, in your house that you hate hey, yo, besides chair. your three-year-old? She doesn't count as furniture. <laughs> I was going to say, does... no, she's good. I mean, she's cute. She's called me a couple times last days. I, I like talking to her. Um, Not that I can think of. I mean, I live in a pretty small place, so I don't have a ton of furniture. And so, yeah. It's all been okay, though. That yeah, painting all, behind you looks nice. So. It all survived, yeah. It all survived an earthquake. Nothing, you know, broke, so... Thank goodness. It's all good. All right. Uh, that's a good question. I like that. Uh, Keith Bullender that we uh, work with, he's a, a very nice gentleman that we uh, have the pleasure of not seeing very often because he works nights. But when I see Keith, I enjoy it. Uh, he says he wants to know what games have you had for a long time that you only just now got around to playing because of the quarantine? Um, my answer is Final Fantasy 15, which I've been thinking about playing since it came out like two years ago. And I guess it took a quarantine for me to go like, eh, this game's okay and super weird. I could dedicate 40 hours to it now. It's It's been kind of a good quarantine game though, because it, I just, it kind of, like playing that game is, there's nothing super exciting about it. Like it's not really very hard. Um... It's nothing's mind blowing about it. Like it's literally a game I can just like turn on and play for a half hour and go like that was fun ish, and like that's kind of my mood lately. If like that was okay, I guess. So it's it's fit into that slot pretty easily. Um, I will say my game bugged and changed the difficulty level on me. Like in the middle of the game, I I got to this dungeon and I just kept wiping and kept wiping and kept wiping. I could not figure out like, why are these things so hard all of a sudden? And the game changed from easy to normal. And I'm not a very good gamer. Um, and also probably just like unprepared for <laughs> those things to flip. And it sucked for about 45 minutes until I went and said like, what is going on? And the answer was, is the difficulty had changed itself. So that was cool. Uh, how about you, Dylan? I mean, just um, Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very prepared to just play Animal Crossing. I am glad that I'm playing some Sea of Thieves though, while we have some time to do so. Sea of Thieves is so good. Um, I always mean to get back to that and play some more. So I'm so close to Pirate Legend. Nice. That, that's like a pretty a big accomplishment, more. Dylan. It's, it's, it'll take a few more sessions, quite a few more hours. That's cool. We're, we're close. We're close. How about you, Cole? I have been going through the phase of like, I'll play this game. And then I play it for a while and go like, mm, I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. On, very long games though like i started yakuza i started uh tales of Asperia. both of those i got like i don't know 15 to 20 hours in and just yeah, like yeah. this isn't i don't know there hasn't been any really games that i've been like oh finally i have time to play this yeah um yep. i mean i guess because of that i was able to beat three legend of zelda games in four days essentially so yeah i think that that's actually exactly why 
um, Final Fantasy 15 has been good for me is because when I look at all the other games I want to play, I'm like, oh, I can play that. Nah, I can play that. Nah. And I think I'm really just like, it's a good, like, it's kind of fun. And that's all I need right now. Uh, like, and the, the problem I have is that with a three year old who's now constantly here and stuff like that, like, I can only play so many games. Like, I yeah. can't pop in Doom and play it um, yeah. kind of deal. And so. I have to kind of look through and go like, what can I play in front of a, yeah. you know, three-year-old? So. Yep, I get you. Uh, next question is from Benjamin C. We also used to work with him, but he moved to another country station. It's okay. Uh, he says, how many episodes of Final Fantasy Remake is it going to take to finish the story? And Seven. I don't think it's going to be seven but I think it's going to be three to five. That's what I've heard, three to five. Yeah, which means that, like, assuming, like, I mean, the thing is, is for a game to come out every year, that means you generally have multiple companies working on it. You know, like, that's how, like, modern uh, Call of Duty or those kind of games can bring out a game every year. Is It's because there are companies on a three-year development cycle making a game and they put out theirs in 20 you know 17 and so they're also going to put out one in 2020 but there's another two companies are going to put one out in 2018 and 2019 um as far as i know the only company working on this game is squaresoft and i don't i mean they've got resources and obviously the new one's already in development but i can't see them putting out Final Fantasy more than maybe every two or three years, which means like you could still be playing this game in 2030, which is mind boggling, like absolutely mind boggling. So, I mean, I think best case scenario three, worst case scenario five, which means it could literally be 12 years from now <laughs> before you play the final part of this game or, you know, you know, six years from now, like it's going to go across three generations of consoles potentially, which is insane. So I hear it's good though. People like it. Uh, final question. Kim Cruz says, if the next, if you are the next smash brothers fighter, what would your moves be? And what would your ultimate smash move be? Dylan, I've not played Smash. What's an ultimate Smash move? <laughs> it's like your big special ability when you when you uh get the get that power enabled. Right. I've never been good uh, enough in Smash to get that power. So tell tell me what you would do. Um, I since I am a long person, True. I probably would use that to my advantage and keep you away from me which is how I tend to slap box people. I slap them out of range of them being able to slap me. Um, is that something you do often, Dylan? I mean, not as much anymore, um, especially during quarantine. Dylan lives a different life than I do because I have never slap boxed someone, and now I'm wondering if I'm missing out. Um, another one of my moves uh, that I would employ on my friend when we would wrestle, he... Not as tall as I, probably about a foot shorter-ish, 10 inches, um, but at times has weighed probably close to 100 pounds more than me. Sure. Um, I would give him the old, uh, I just do the wrap up from the back and then bring him to the ground and he would be immobile. So 
kind of like a, a reverse bear hug sort sure. of thing. You got to use the noodles to to mobilize them. I assume fighting um, Dylan is like fighting, um, what's his name, Dalsim, Dalsim yeah. from from Street Fighter. He's just all yeah, exactly. like armed and stretchy. Yeah, and can you float? Yeah, I, ha- I could give the illusion of floating. Perfect, perfect. Um, I got to use that to my advantage because I am not very big. Yeah, it's fair. I don't have fair. a lot of a lot of weight to throw around, so I have to be clever. Yeah, so it would be a more clever fighter than than using brute force. I like it. How about you, Cole? I have no idea. Hmm. I mean, I, <laughs> I am not uh, particularly tall or particularly noodly. Um, maybe I could do some sort of like. I don't know, like where I jump and like slam onto my butt and like the sonic yeah, waves like attack you. Yeah. yeah, that's Bowser's move. It's I, pretty safe. I've seen you. Can you jump really all that well? You know, now no. Um, I've got a bad knees, bad back. So maybe I like ha- like. Can I have props in this thing? Can I, like, <laughs> yeah, we'll give them rocket tramp? boots. <laughs> yeah, rocket boots. Like I whip out a little mini tramp, get a little bit of a running start, and bounce off of it. Yeah, it's actually more like a fast walk. But... I just sit in the corner and watch everyone else fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, is there a special move where I can just run away? I'm a lover, not a fighter. So, I you know, Dylan really is probably the best answer here but i think my bowser butt drop is also pretty solid so but i don't i don't think i could beat dylan i don't think so all right uh cheap free games we are not not as many this week as there are uh some of the other weeks these kind of midweek mid-month podcasts there's there's just a few uh shogun 2 is going to be available on steam so if you're a total war shogun fan which i think there are people that are it's not me but if that's your jam, it's going to be free between April 27th and May 1st. That's free to keep on Steam. So go grab that. Um, let's see. The Epic Game Store for the King is free. It's a, I watched the video for it. The, the description is, it's a challenging blend of strategy, turn-based combat, and roguelike elements. Each playthrough is unique with procedural maps, quests, and events. Explore Fahrul in either single-player, local, or online co-op. And it looks like so. an interesting game, right? Yeah, it, it, and that's exactly right, Cole. Is like when I read that description, I was like, uh huh. Sounds the, like a game that I don't want to play. Yeah, the actual video looked kind of fun. Like it looks like the overworld is kind of hex based, and so you travel between those. And I don't know if that's turn based or or what how that works. It doesn't really show. But then it says your turn based. Yeah. Well, no, but your combat is turn based, so it's got like a JRPG kind of combat um it's got a really kind of fun aesthetic though it's kind of that low poly fantasy is it on game pass it very well may be on game pass um it it, i I kind of agree with you though it looks like the kind of game that i would look at and go like oh that looks fun and then like look into it a little bit deeper and go yes but it is not for me so or i'd play for an hour and go like that game's enjoyable but i will never play it again you can try it on game pass for free cliff 
perfect. I will probably still not do that. Uh, and then finally, there's a <laughs> humble bundle. Yeah, I'm just being honest here. Uh, humble bundle from Square Enix. It is the Humble Square Enix Collective Bundle 2020, which is a terrible name. But actually, if there was a colon in there, it actually would kind of sound like a Square Enix game, to be honest. Um, for a dollar, you can get Oh My God Heads, which, I don't know, it's got a cute penguin on it. That's cool. Uh, Goita, which is a kind of a puzzle game. I actually played it on Apple Arcade, I think. Octahedron, that I don't know anything about. And Deadbeat Heroes, which I also don't know anything about. Uh, for seven twenty-eight, you can get the Turing Test, which I know you played and really liked. I love uh, that game. Yeah, I keep meaning to play it. I have it on Steam. Uh, Forgotten and... Also on Game Pass. Oh, the tra- you're right, it is, yeah. Uh, Fear Effect Sedina, Set- no, Sedna, probably, which I don't know anything about. And then Black of uh, Black the Fall, which is a game I've been meaning to play for a while and haven't gotten around to. Um, Kevin uh, really liked that one. Uh, and then for 10 bucks, you can get Children's Zodiacs, Boundless, to- Tokyo Dark, and Battalion 1944 Eastern Front. So 10 bucks is not too bad for, uh, what does that end up being... 13, 14 games, 12 games. So give it a go if you like the Square Enix games. I think that is all for us this week. You guys have anything that you are just dying to talk about before this podcast ends? Do you want, do you want me to I don't think so. yell about Nintendo? 20 minutes. We are already at like an hour <laughs> 40. Like maybe we'll just save that for another time. You can yell about Zelda in a podcast made for Zelda. <laughs> I just want to play the Wii U Zelda games on my Switch. Why is that so hard? Every other Wii U game that was, you know, has come out on the Switch. Which Switch? I'm sure it's which a matter Wii, of time. Which Wii U games came out on the... I mean, Wind which... Waker and uh, Twilight Princess both had HD Wii U remakes. Why isn't that, a, that hard. Why isn't that a bundle for 60 bucks? Yeah, because you know it would be 60 bucks. Yeah, I would buy that day one. I loved both of those games. Interesting. I didn't play either of them. They're both very good games. Very good games. Yeah, well, I'll uh, I'll send an email to info at Nintendo and ask them why they haven't done that specifically for Colby. He You're near it. there, right? Uh, yeah. yeah Let's I've strap some road flares to you, pretend, you know, they're dynamite, and we'll see if we can get this going. Don't do that. Don't do that. I Well, and, like, I've been to Nintendo headquarters before. Like, I don't even think you'd get through the door. Like, they took their security no. very, very seriously. Seriously enough yeah. to take you down with someone who they think is going to explode themselves? Probably. And their, their entrance is huge. Like, they'd probably just shoot me as I walk through the door. I assume they have a yeah. sniper nest right above their receptionist <laughs> the area. guards at Nintendo. Yeah, I gotta assume. I mean, they were not screwing. I couldn't take my phone out. They wouldn't let me take pictures. But if they thought you had dynamite, you might be able to. Maybe. Can I stay for lunch? Because their cafeteria was good. Like, they had good food there. Well, the hostage situation might take the a food while. So, yes. All right, we'll cool. Stay for food. I'm in. All right. So Bite Me Podcast, that is us. You can find us at bitemepodcast.com. You can find us on social media at Bite Me Podcast. That's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, just places all over. You can come talk with us on Discord at Bite Me Podcast, da, Bite Me Podcast slash Discord. If you'd like to support us for Extra Life, you can do that now because I fixed the link. You can go to bitemepodcast.com slash Extra Life. If you would like to give us a little bit of money on our Patreon, which we're just donating to our Extra Life for the next month or so, you can go to patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. And I think that's it. You know, just look for us on all the places you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so 
and on and so forth. I have to wait for Dylan to stop yawning now. <sighs> it's dinner time. That is what Bye. he says at the end. That's dinner Bye. time. Time. <laughs> time for pie. Dylan. Bite me. Good job, man. <laughs> Fight me. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me.